The world is more complex than ever. Who can make sense of it? Join Reverend Michael Angley Oguche on NUMA Podcast each week as he shows you how God's Word connects directly to your life in this age and helps you navigate trials and tribulations. If you want to deepen your relationship with God and learn what He has in store for you, listen and subscribe to NUMA Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Just search for NUMA Podcast. Hello and welcome to NUMA Podcast with the Reverend Michelangeli Oguche, bringing your way today the inspired Word of God, and I hope you will be blessed. Thank you for joining NUMA Podcast. The key text for today is taken from the book of 2 Samuel, chapter 12, verse 1 to 13. The Lord sent Nathan to David. He came to him and said to him, There were two men in one city, the one rich and the other poor. The rich man had very many flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing except one little ewe lamb, which he had bought and raised. It grew up together with him and with his children. It ate of his own food and drank of his own cup and lay in his bosom and was to him like a daughter. A traveler came to the rich man, and he spared to take of his own flock and of his own herd to dress for the wayfaring man who had come to him. But he took the poor man's lamb and dressed it for the man who had come to visit him. David's anger was greatly kindled against the man, and he said to Nathan, As the Lord lives, the man who has done this is worthy to die. He shall restore the lamb fourfold, because he did this thing, and because he had no pity. Nathan said to David, You are the man. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I anointed you king over Israel, and I delivered you out of the hand of Saul. I I gave you your master's house, and your master's wives into your bosom, and gave you the house of Israel and of Judah. And if that would have been too little, I would have added to you many more such things. Why have you despised the word of the Lord, to do that which is evil in his sight? You have struck Uriah the Hittite with the sword, and have taken his wife to be your wife, and have slain him with the sword of the children of Ammon. Now therefore the sword will never depart from your house, because you have despised me, and have taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your wife. This is what the Lord says. Behold, I will raise up evil against you out of your own house, and I will take your wives before your eyes and give them to your neighbor, and he will lie with your wives in the sight of this son. For you did it secretly, but I will do this thing before all Israel and before the son. David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. Nathan said to David, The Lord also has put away your sin. You will not die. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I thank you today for another privilege to be able to bring your word to the world. Lord, I ask importantly that you anoint the sound of my voice so that as many that would listen to this podcast will be blessed. And Lord, that we will learn the lesson 
that you want us to learn about humility today. That when we are humiliated in any way or when we feel humiliated that we can be rest assured that so long as it leads us to you there should be no problem and we should rejoice in that situation. So I thank you Father because I know that you have answered these prayers in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. The title of this podcast is The Blessing of Humiliation. The Blessing of Humiliation. Clearly, this title is an oxymoron, which may cause listeners to wonder what on earth I'm talking about today. If you think so, then you are right. You're so right because ordinarily no one enjoys a period of humiliation or wants to be humiliated. But the fact is, humiliation happens all the time. So if it happens, what should our responses be? And this is the bone of contention today. As you tag along with me, I would like you to think about the times when you experience humiliation through loss of job, breakdown of relationship, financial troubles such as unserviceable debts which has become the hallmark of capitalism and other embarrassing moments of your life. As you consider these things, I want you to know that humiliation in itself is not a bad thing if it leads to humility before God. This is because God who created us desires that we walk with him in total humility. There are several definitions of humiliation. For example, humiliation can be simply uh define us to lower the pride of an individual. However, in the context of serving God, humility means that we practically abandon ourselves to the Lord and we are saying to God that we do not care about what happens to us so long as we are in his hands. My dear brothers and sisters in Christ, this is the place God our Father wants us to be. But we always fall short of this expectation. Most of the times when we feel we have everything such as job security, financial security, and when our family lives and relationships are at their best and everything seems okay, then the thought of self-fulfillment kicks in and forgetting the one fact that everything on this side of eternity is ephemeral. Psalms chapter 24 verse number 1 says this, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. So you see, nothing in this world should elevate our character than the knowledge that God created and owns everything, including you, 
who is listening to this podcast today. Humility is a key character that every Christian should strive to have, but you need to possess it in a way that glorifies God and not just cosmetic demonstration. In the Bible, there are substantial number of people with intrinsic attribute of humility, albeit some of them suffered humiliation to become even more humbler. One of such men was King David, which the Bible described as a man after God's heart. You find this in 1 Samuel chapter 13 verse 14. Regardless of the fact that David's life was far from perfect, the key character that sets David apart was his humility, which can be seen across the board. Our key text today, 2 Samuel chapter 12 verse 1 to 13, is one of those treacherous human stories that exposes man's viciousness and inability to restrain his greed and desire for the wrong thing. No wonder the Bible says in Jeremiah chapter 17 verse 9 that the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? The heart of man is the production factory where every thought and actions are manufactured and bring to fruition. Family members cannot discern the heart of one another. Friends cannot. Only God and his knowledge is key if we must stay victorious. This is because if we know that only God knows the heart, then it will turn and stare us in the right direction. God's word says in Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12, the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a designer of the thoughts and intent of the heart. Wonderful. Only God knows the heart. Whether the heart is evil or whether the heart is good, only God knows it. The focus for this podcast, however, is on King David's response and action to Prophet Nathan's confrontation. The story gives us a panoramic view of what led to such altruistic response coming from a man who had so much authority at his disposal to employ, but chose not to. In this story, we envision King David in his opulence palace, enjoying the proceed of his covetousness, and then the prophet of the Lord, Nathan, interrupted his well-thought-out cover-up with his allegorical account of a less privileged man who was defrauded of his possession. On hearing uh, this heart-wrenching account of the helpless man, Uriah the Hittite and husband of Bathsheba, whom King David took his wife. King David's God's chasing side of his heart kicked in. And the Bible says in verse 5 of 2 Samuel chapter 12 verse 5 to 7, 
So David's anger was greatly aroused against the man, and he said to Nathan, As the Lord lives, the man who has done this shall surely die, and he shall restore fourfold for the lamb, because he did this thing, and because he had no pity. Then Nathan said to David, You are the man. Thus says the Lord God of Israel, I anointed you king over Israel, and I delivered you from the hand of Saul. Not wasting time in passing enforced restitution and capital judgment on the apparently guilty party, King David was to learn to his dismay that the culprit was indeed himself. This was moment of truth and the moment of his ultimate humiliation of his ego. The king has been apprehended red-handed. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 13 says this, Nothing is hidden from God. He sees through everything and we will have to tell him the truth. This is the lesson King David must learn in order to be a better person and a better king. This is NUMA Podcast with the Reverend Michelangeli Oguche. God bless you. Keep listening. King David had three options in my view. One, to deny the obvious, which would certainly lead to more problem. Two, call on his authority as king and have the prophet dismissed or even killed. Again, this decision would spell and unleash the anger of God on him in a more severe way. And the last one is own up to his fault. It gladdens my heart that the servant of the Lord in his humiliation turned to God, the one who made and elevated him. His humiliation has led him to humility before the Lord his God. In the spirit of humility, the scripture says in verse 13 of 2 Samuel chapter 12, David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said to David, The Lord also has put away your sin. You shall not die. Brothers and sisters, this instantaneous forgiveness from God is an amazing grace. As the Bible says in 1 John chapter 1 verse 9, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The point to bear in mind, however, is this. Forgiveness is impossible without humility. Again, David's humiliation led him to his humility before the Lord. How do you respond to a situation that humiliates you? Where does it lead you to? These are the questions you should always ask yourself when confronted with such problems. Remember, the choice would always be yours to make because God created you as a free will moral agent.
Philippians chapter 2 verse 3 to 6 says, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. In admonishing the Philippian church, the Apostle Paul encouraged them not only to be humble towards God, the Creator, but also to their neighbors. I believe that King David thought of himself more than he thought of Uriah when he had him killed so that he could have his wife. 2 Samuel 11.16 However, when he was humiliated, he came back to himself and did the needful by humbling himself before Nathan and before God, and I also believe before all members of his court present. The curriculum of David's life presents us with numerous life lessons, even though he lived in a different dispensation and context from us. Let us ponder a little more on what was unique about David that endeared him to God more than others. David was a man who loved his apparent enemies. For example, when he learned of the death of his supposedly arch enemy and his predecessor, King Saul, he grieved instead of rejoicing. You find this in 2 Samuel chapter 1, verse 1 to 24. David exemplified Jesus' teaching in Matthew chapter 5, verse 43 to 44. It says, You have heard that it was said, Love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Although King Saul was an obstacle to David's enthronement as king of Israel, who sought to have him killed many times, there wasn't enough reason to warrant his hatred for him. David's disposition was born out of his genuine generosity of an upright character and one who fears God. No wonder God called him a man after his own heart. The book of Isaiah chapter 53 verse 5 to 7 reveals to us what was to happen to Jesus Christ when he says, He was wounded for our rebellious act. He was crushed for our sins. He was punished so that we could have peace and we received healing from his wounds. We have all strayed like sheep. Each one of us has turned to go his own way and the Lord has led all our sins on him. He was abused and punished, but he didn't open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter. He was like a sheep that is silent when its wool is cut off. He didn't open his mouth. There is a blessing 
that accompanies humiliation when it leads us to God. Like King David's determination, humility, love of justice qualified Jesus Christ to carry out the mission of God on earth. It was the humiliation of Jesus Christ that brought us our salvation. Therefore, humiliation, as long as it is for good reason, should not be seen from negative perspective. Instead, it should be embraced by seeking out the reasons God allows it in the first instance. I understand, as I stated at the start, how awkward the title of this podcast could be, but we can learn to turn negatives into positives. The Word of God states categorically in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18, Be cheerful no matter what. Pray all the time. Thank God no matter what happens. This is the way God wants you who belong to Christ to live. Regardless of the humiliation we may face or troubles we have, we should always learn to give thanks, see things positively from every angle, especially from the angle of God. In the end, all things work together for good to them that love God and are called according to His purpose. As I conclude this podcast, I want you to remember a few things about humiliation. Humiliation is not humility, but these two words are related in some ways in the sense that the former may lead to the latter when considered positively and from God's perspective, as you are bound to learn some life important lessons from humiliation. In addition, always remember that the humiliation experience you have cannot define who you are unless you permit it to. You can move from having your pride lowered to a place of humility when you acknowledge your weakness and willing to deal with it with sincerity of heart like David did. And as Jesus Christ accepted his humiliation with thanksgiving to the Father of creation. He went to the cross of our salvation looking only to the prize. He knew fully well the difficulty with humiliation when he prayed in Matthew chapter 26 verse 39. My father, if there is any way, get me out of this, but please not what I want. Finally, let us always rejoice in every circumstances that we find ourselves. May the Spirit of the Lord fill our hearts today as we seek His face in the coming days. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you once more that your people have listened to this podcast. And Lord God Almighty, I don't know what people out there are going through. But I know that it's difficult to rejoice in time of trouble, especially when we experience humiliation. 
I pray God that you will give us your Holy Spirit to strengthen us through our time of humiliation, through our experiences of past humiliation. I thank you, Lord, because in all things, your name will be praised. And we seal these prayers in the precious name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Down on my knees, I found my Jesus. Down on my knees, I found my Lord. It wasn't on the mountain. Not in the valley, but it was on my knees, I found my Lord. Once I was blind, I could not see the glory of Jesus, so rich and free. I've heard about him, the man of Galilee. I cried out, Lord, oh, help me, please. Down on my knees, I found my Jesus. Down on my knees. Thank you for listening to the NUMA podcast. This has been the Reverend Michael Angeli Oguche. I pray that God will richly bless you until I come your way again.